All right. So um, if you guys have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me? Today is the last day of our sermon series. We've been talking about fear and anxiety. And so we've been kind of, we've been kind of using Philippians chapter 4 as our springboard. And so if you can turn your Bibles there to Philippians chapter 4. And then also, if you want to put your finger, so in Philippians chapter 4, and then also if you want to flip over to 1 Peter chapter 5, we're going to be in a couple different portions of Scripture this morning. And so um, in Philippians chapter 4, it says, uh, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and will guard your minds in Christ Jesus. How many of you guys want the peace of the Lord this morning? How many of you guys feel like maybe your, your thoughts and your minds are divided? Anyone here this morning? Like, like you feel like you're kind of getting pulled in a couple different directions? You feel like, anyone, anyone here this morning have any anxiety, any worry, any care? Anyone here? Oh, okay, praise the Lord. All of you guys are great. Um, <laughs> but rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. And that word anxious there uh, is translated in English. It really comes from the Greek word marinao. And um, it, it can be translated in the Bible as worry, anxious, uh, care. But it's really two Greek words that are stuck to, together. The first word means to tear and to divide. And the second word means the mind. And so it's this, this idea of the mind being torn in a couple different directions. And really, when you see someone who's anxious, they don't have peace. You know, they don't have peace in their hearts. They don't have peace in their minds. Like they're, they're I don't know if you've talked to anyone who's anxious before, but they, sometimes they seem jittery. Sometimes they're good at hiding it. Have you guys met people who are good at hiding it before? Sometimes they're great at hiding it. But it's this idea of your mind being torn and your mind being divided. And so for some of us this morning, anxiety might just be a small thing where it's not much of a big deal at all. But for others of us this morning, anxiety might be a huge thing. It might be a life-altering thing. You might wake up in the morning every day feeling anxious, or you might, um, you know, there might be things on your mind that you're just constantly running over and thinking about again and again and again. And it's just like the fear of the future, the fear of what could happen, the fear of what can happen, this idea of anxiety. And and a lot of times what anxiety does is it kind of keeps you in a prison. And when you're in that prison, it's hard for you to live in the present. And so the good news is, um, the good news is, first of all, I'm not a psychiatrist and I'm not a trained professional. And so there are some instances where people might need to seek some medical attention. They might need to seek a professional. But the, the good news about the Bible is in the Bible, there's actually some truths that um, we can delve into. And I want to give you some biblical truths in handling anxiety this morning. And, and hopefully I can give you some biblical truths and finding some peace this morning. You know, maybe, again, maybe you're here this morning and there's just been a lot of anxiety. There's been a lot of fear. There's a lot of, you know, you're just tense and you're just, you're just struggling. And I, hopefully I can give you some encouragement this morning through the power of God's word. And so, um, um, we're, we're going to look, um, again, Philippians chapter 4, but we're also going to look um, at 1 Peter chapter 5. And this is really going to be the, the crux of our text this morning. 
And so if you, if you have your Bibles, 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 10, it says this. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, and he may, so that he may lift you up in due time. He says, Cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, um, after you have suffered a little while, can you say, after you have suffered a little while? After you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. And again, this is, this is kind of the crux of the text that we're going to be focusing on this morning. Let's, let's just pray one more time. Lord, um, I just pray that your, your word will speak to us this morning and that you will um, speak to those who of us this morning maybe are facing some anxious thoughts. Uh, maybe some of us this morning are facing worry or facing um, doubts and fears. Uh, we're face, we're facing, facing anxiety. Father, I just pray this morning that your word will speak to us and minister to us and uh, touch us from the inside out, Father. I just pray that your spirit will will take the things that are spoken and that you'll begin to work in our minds and in our hearts and that there'll just be some um, heart change this morning and maybe some mind change this morning and um, that you will bring your peace um, that transcends all understanding, Father, that you'll guard our hearts and that you'll guard our minds, Father, that you will um, just do the, the miraculous work that, that, that your spirit can do, God. We, we ask these things in your holy name. Amen. So again, in 1 Peter chapter 5, I'm going to read it one more time. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now, that's kind of interesting, isn't it, when you read that, that, that passage of Scripture? Because it, in a way, it, it talks about being humble and it also talks about anxiety. And, and when you think about being humble and anxiety or, or pride and anxiety, pride and anxiety seem like they, they I, I don't know, it's, it's weird. It's almost like they, they, they don't belong in the same, you know. In fact, just before that, he talks about resisting, uh, um, uh, but God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. And so uh, Peter here is, it's, it's, it's like an interesting mix of a couple different words, pride and anxiety. And I don't know, when I, when I read that, it, it's, it, it almost seems like those two words shouldn't go together, pride and anxiety. And yet, here in this passage of Scripture, Peter is talking about both pride and he's talking about anxiety. And so it's, it's a weird mix of words. You know, when I think about Peter, I think about a man who was, um, who was called to follow Jesus on the shores of Galilee. Um, he followed Jesus and uh, he saw Jesus perform miracles. He saw him walk on water. He was there at the transfiguration. He was part of the inner three, the inner core of disciples. He was there at the Last Supper. He was there at the Garden of uh, Gethsemane. He, was, he experienced Christ's death and burial and resurrection. 
He was the preacher on the day of Pentecost where 3,000 people were added and the fire from heaven fell. Um, He was there at the gate and he healed the man at the gate called Beautiful and silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus, stand up. and He he was there at the gate and um, he was there when he uh, was imprisoned for the gospel and he was beaten for the gospel and um, he was there when um, persecution broke out against the church and uh, they were dragging off men and women and they were throwing them in prison and church leaders were being uh, beheaded and church leaders were being uh, tortured and put to death and there was persecution. And so I think about him writing and I think, man, he was probably a professional on uh, pride and anxiety. Um, he was, this, 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 uh, this, uh, this letter was written not long before his death. He wrote it while he was in Rome. Um, and um, yeah, he was someone that faced anxiety. He was someone that faced persecution. And he was writing people that were facing hardships as well. In fact, if you looked at the context of the passage, you see that not only is he speaking to the churches that are uh, facing persecution inside or outside of the church, but he was also speaking on issues within the church and to the leadership within the church. So it's kind of like he's talking about anxiety outside of the church. He's talking about anxiety inside of the church. And I think sometimes we think that once we become a follower of Jesus, that all of our anxieties should go away. Sometimes that we think when we become a follower of Jesus, man, everything should be rose-covered glasses. Sometimes we think that when we become a follower of Jesus, our bank account should be full, our health should be amazing, we think that everything should line up and we should have the winning lottery numbers, we should be driving a uh, 1990 Mazda Miata, praise the Lord, it's a beautiful car. We think that everything would be just lined up and perfect and amazing and fantastic and, you know, blessed, 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 blessed brother and sister in the Lord, right? Like, we think that everything should be perfect and everything should be great and everything should be flowing amazingly and, you know, I, I, I will no longer fight with my wife. My kids will behave themselves. Now that I've become a father of Jesus, everything should be perfectly fine, brother, dis dad. Well, it's interesting when you read this passage because you can see that there was not only anxiety outside of the church, but there was anxiety inside of the church as well. And, you know, I, I often say that, man, we, we are an imperfect church for imperfect people. You know, so if you come here, you do not have to be perfect. You do not have to have all your ducks lined up in a row. You do not have to have all of your, you know, your bank account does not have to be full. You do not have to be in perfect mental health. Like, you can come here, and this is an imperfect church for imperfect people, right? Like, you can come here, and, and, and this, is a, this is the spot where you need to be. And so um, I think it's important to notate that the church is not immune to problems. And so, so here Peter is. He was someone that had experienced the glories of the Lord. He was, he was there and he, he walked on water. He was there at the transfiguration. He was there and he saw the risen Savior. He was there and he performed um, miracles. He healed the man at the gate. He was, he was there and he preached a fiery message where 3,000 people were added to the church. And yet we see that he was a man who had anxiety in his life. He was a man who, fu- who suffered persecution And he had ups and downs and rounds and rounds. And so I think he's someone, the reason I say all that too is because I think he's someone that has uh, street cred when it comes to anxiety. And this is what he says in the first verse. He says, humble yourselves 
Now, I don't know about you, but I, I kind of feel like I, I, I don't know um, if I, when I, when I, when I read that humble yourself, I, I, I don't know if I, I necessarily like the statement. It actually seems to be very contradictory to what I've heard and what I've been taught my whole life. It seems like it's something weird to tell someone who's maybe dealing with anxiety, someone that's dealing with persecution, and someone that's dealing with hardship to humble yourselves. In, in, in fact, I, I kind of feel like in some ways it's countercultural. You know, I feel like all, my whole life I've been, told, I've been told that I need to believe in myself. I've been told that I can do it. I've been told that I'm strong enough. I've been told that just do it. I've been told, like, you know, you think about everything in society is kind of about me. Um, like, I, I, I want to be the star. I want to be the MVP. I want to be the center of attention. I want to promote myself. I want to be, you know, you think everyone's taking selfies. Like, I, I feel like vanity is kind of the drink of the day. And so when I hear him say to humble yourselves, it seems weird to be saying that to someone who is dealing with anxiety and persecution. And, but but it's, almost, it's almost as if Peter is saying that, anxiety is connected to our pride. And in order for us to, um, to, to, to deal with our anxiety, we have to get our perspective right. We have to get our perspective right. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about who can be the star. It's not about who can be the MVP. It's not about who can be the center of attention. It's not about... Uh, uh, taking selfies. It's not about our sanity. It's not necessarily about believing in yourself or pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps, although those things are good. It's not about being strong. It's not about, you know, come on, McFly. Come on. It's, it's, not, it's not necessarily about that, but it's about getting our perspective right. It's about getting our perspective right. Humble yourselves, therefore. Now, it's interesting because he, he, he doesn't just say humble himself and leave it there, but he says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand or under God's mighty hand. God's mighty hand. Now, 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 maybe us here this morning might not understand the significance of God's mighty hand, but undoubtedly, the readers of the text would have known that what Peter was doing is he was uh, pointing a finger into the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, there's a story about the people of Israel who had been in captivity for 400 years. And for 400 years, they had been in captivity. And for 400 years, they had been, they had been oppressed by uh, the Egyptians. For 400 years, they had had uh, Egyptian taskmasters. For 400 years, they had been uh, oppressed. They had been beaten. They had been making, uh, they had been making bricks without hay and straw. In fact, they, even their, their, their children at one time were being killed by the Egyptians. So for 400 years, they had been facing all these things. And God called a man named Moses out of obscurity, out, of, out in the desert, out in the wilderness, and he called him at a burning bush, and he spoke to him. 
And look what he says here in Exodus chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. He's, he's talking to Moses, and he's trying to, and again, the people of who would have been listening to this would have known that what, what Peter was doing is he was pointing back into the Old Testament. So what he was doing is pointing back. And this is what it says in Exodus chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. It says, But I know that the king of, the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand, and I will strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. And after that, he will let you go. So what he's doing, he's, when he speaks of God's mighty hand, he's authority. He's speaking of God's protection. In Isaiah chapter 48, verse 13, it says, My own hand laid the foundations of the earth, and my right hand spread out the heavens. Then I summoned them, and they all stand up together. My own hand. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of of God. In fact, if you look at the Greek, it kind of makes it, it kind of switches it. He said, he's, in the Greek, it, it's kind of written like, be humbled under the mighty hand of God. Be humbled. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Did you know this morning that you have an opportunity to be under the hand of God? Like you can, you, you can, you can, you can stay over here and you can say, oh man, I, w- I want to have all the authority myself. I want to have all the power myself. I want to have all the protection myself. I want to I do it all myself. Or you can this morning come and you can be humbled under the mighty hand of God. You know, sometimes I think we have anxiety because we try to do everything ourselves. We say, I can provide for myself. I have the power myself. I have all the authority myself. I can do it all myself. I can make all the phone calls. I can, I can provide for myself. I can do all these things. I, I'm talented. I'm gifted. I'm the, MP, I'm, I'm the MVP. I, I am the man. I am, no one else is cheering for I, I'm the man. I'm, here I am over here. But did you know that we are designed, we are made to be under the hand of our creator? His hand symbolizes his power. His hand symbolizes his protection. His hand symbolizes his authority. He says, listen, listen, I know you guys are going through some things. I know you guys are trying to figure it out all yourselves. I know you guys are facing persecution. I know that you're going through difficult times. I know that your wife is upset with you. I know that your kids are not being good. I know that your work is on the fritz. I know, I know all these things are happening to you. But listen, I want to encourage you this morning that you can find peace and comfort under the hand of the Almighty God. Be humbled under the mighty hand of God. And then he he keeps on speaking and he says, cast all your anxiety. Can you say cast all? Now say cast all your anxiety. Yeah, cast all of your anxiety. It, it's interesting because when, when, again, when you look at the text, it, it almost looks like this isn't a suggestion. It almost looks like this is a command. Cast all your anxiety on him. Doesn't look like it's a suggestion. It almost looks like it's a command. It almost looks like he's telling them, listen, I know you're over here. I know you're trying to do your own thing. I know you're trying to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. I, I know all the stuff that's happening. 
And, and I'm telling you right now, like, like, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and cast. He was a fisherman. We were talking about this on our, our Friday. Like, I want you to cast all your cares on him. I think sometimes what happens is, instead of casting, we carry. Right? Instead of casting, we carry. Cast all your cares on him. Cast your cares on him. Now, 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 I kind of wonder, first of all, I kind of wonder when, when he talks about all of my cares, I, I, wonder if, I wonder honestly if he means all of my cares. You know, I'm, 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 a, <laughs> I'm, I'm a terrible flyer. In fact, I hate flying on planes. Judy can testify to this. I hate it, and I, I know it's safe. I know in my mind that it's safe, but I'm, I, I don't know. For some reason, I freak out every time I fly. And um, I sweat, and uh, like a couple weeks before, I start thinking about it. And then I start watching videos to help me. I think, you know, maybe if I watch enough videos of people flying and people talking about the safety of planes. But it actually makes it worse. So then I start freaking out. They're like, you know, it's 90, 90% of the time. I'm like, no, that 1%, that's going to be me. I freak out. And, <laughs> man, in some ways I feel like silly when I come to the Lord the day that I fly and I'm just praying to him. And some ways I just feel stupid because I'm like, okay, in the grand scheme of things, okay, this is so much more safe than driving. This is so, like, like does the Lord really care about this silly Evan over here freaking out about flying on a plane when it's completely safe for him? Cast all of your cares on him. You know? I think sometimes we think that our cares are too small. Anyone been there before? Like you feel like, okay, I, I shouldn't even be praying about this. This is just, this is so silly. I, I, like, I, like I shouldn't be praying about, I shouldn't be praying about my kids. I shouldn't be praying about my, I should, I, like, like, like. but in scripture, cast all of your cares on him. Or sometimes, maybe you're here this morning and you feel like you're, maybe you feel like your cares are too small. Or maybe you're here this morning and you feel like your cares are too big. Your, your problems are too big. Your issues are too big. Like, God, I don't, like, this is a worthless cause. Like, I just don't know if anything's going to happen. This seems impossible. Like, this relationship is just too broken. My children are just too far gone. My, like, like the, the nation is just, it's in an uproar. I just don't know what's going to happen. But I want to encourage you this morning through the, through the power of God's word that, that we can cast all of our cares on him. And you can find comfort in that. You can find comfort in knowing that you don't, have to, you don't have to deal with it on your own. You don't have to struggle with it on your own. You don't have to think about it on your own. But, but you can humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. You can cast all of your cares on him because, because, be, be, because, be, be, because it says in Scripture, because he cares for you. You think about it. He, he cares for you. He, 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 he knit you together while you were still in your mother's womb. He, he saw your unformed substance. In fact, in Scripture, it says that he, he breathed the breath of life into you. In Scripture, it says that you were made in his image. He cares for you. Like, 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 like he, he does, God does not want you to, to struggle alone. He doesn't want you to struggle alone in your issues and in your anxieties. He wants you to be humbled 
under his mighty hand. Because under his hand, you can find protection. And under his hand, you can find peace and provision and shelter under his hand. So I wonder, how do I cast my cares upon him? How do, how do I do it? Like, how, how, <laughs> how do I do it? Like, I, 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 I feel like, sure, I, I, I know it. I know I need to do it. I know I need to cast my cares, but do I need to go down and go down to, you know, Bass Pro and buy a net and start casting my net on people? Do I, do I need, like, how do I cast, how do I cast anything on the Lord? Do I, do I, maybe, maybe I need to go and, and, and find a really, I don't know, find a really influential evangelist out there and, I don't know, and maybe I should just follow him for a while and maybe that's the way that I'm casting my cares on the Lord. How, like, how do I cast my cares on him? Like, I, I, I know that I'm, I know that I'm trying to do things on my own. I know that I'm uh, doing whatever, and I know, that I, I know that I'm stressed out. I know that I have anxiety. I feel like I've surrendered myself under the mighty hand of God, and I, 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 I've, I, I've gone to him. But how do, I, how do I do that? Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present, cast your cares on him. Present your request to God. Cast your cares on him. Present your request to God. If you find yourself in a spot of anxiety, if you find yourself in a spot of hardship, trial, ter- turmoil, just, just not, not, not. In scripture it says that with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, we can cast our cares on him. Because he cares for you. The worship team can come back up. Keep on reading. It says, be alert and sober-minded because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. But he encourages them. He's like, resist and stand firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. So he's not promising sugar plums. He said, listen, you need to be alert and sober-minded. You need to be prayed up and praised up. You need to bring your request to the Lord. You need to come to God in petition and thanksgiving. You need to cast your cares on him. And, 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 and it's crazy because sometimes I think we think as soon as we cast our cares that everything is going to be great. But look, he says, continue to be alert and sober-minded because your enemy is prowling like a roaring lion. We are in a spiritual warfare. You know, the enemy is not going to just let you walk off into the sunset. He's going to try to um, uh, come against you. He's going to try to devour you. He's going to try to hurt you. And he says, resist and stand firm in the faith. And the God of grace, 
who has called you to eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered for a little while, some of you guys know what it's like to suffer, and sometimes your little while feels like a long while, but after you have suffered a little while, here's a promise of scripture. It says, he will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Lord, today I just pray that you will use the words that I spoke, continue to use the words I spoke to, 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 to minister this morning, Father. I pray for those who are going through anxiety, those who are going through a worry and doubts and fears this morning, Father, I pray that they will be humbled and that they will uh, be under your mighty hand, casting all of their cares on you. Father, I pray that you will strengthen them, that you will fortify them, Father. If they're going through a season of suffering, Father, may you remind them of your promises. Remind them that that, that you yourself will restore them and make them strong, firm, and steadfast. Father, I believe that there are people here who um, have been trying to carry their own uh, anxieties. They've been trying to do it on their own. They've been trying to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. But God, we know from your word that that, 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 that you say, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. May we be, may, may we be humbled under your mighty hand. May you be glorified. May you be magnified. Give us the strength to, um, to cast our cares on you.